On this edition of the Random Podcast, I will be reacting to the second and final night of the two-night WrestleMania experience without a crowd in attendance. Pre-show is underway. Well, it's 6.36 right now. So our first pre-show match wasn't even scheduled originally. So we had Natalia taking on Liv Morgan. Nothing exciting in that match. But the ending was interesting. You had Natalia and Liv Morgan going back and forth trying to pin each other. And then it was Liv Morgan who ends up pinning Natalia. So... I guess that's interesting to lead off the second night of WrestleMania, despite this is a pre-show match. But can't blame the writing team for a corny match, I guess, right? First match of the main card was excellent. Two nights in a row, they lead with a women's match, and they let off tonight with the NXT Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair... Taking on Rhea Ripley. Excellent match. Charlotte looked fantastic. Rhea Ripley just didn't have it. Didn't have it at all. Final piece theories is stunts. The figure four making Rhea Ripley tap out in the middle of that ring. Woo! Charlotte Flair, your new NXT Women's champion so let's see what happens in the long run because i think charlotte is destined for great things over there at nxt interesting way they use lana for the bobby lashley versus alistair black match yeah alistair and Bobby were spewing it back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But there was an interesting turning point in the match where Lana shouting to Bobby Lashley, come on, spear him, finish it off. Black mask, Alistair Black pins Bobby Lashley. So, hey, I was right about Alistair. Look at that. So let's see if they are going to give Alistair Black an aggressive push down the line. I've been saying this. They have to. And I will mention how stupid it is that during the commercial break on WWE Network, they were showing a promo for Money in the Bank when clearly we know it's most likely going to get postponed. I mean, it's still going to happen. It's just that it's not going to happen on May 10th. That's a guarantee. So I'm just noting that. And um, I will mention that they're showing the um, the clip with twenty four seven championship Mojo Riley printing our truth last night. I still think that was an interesting segment. Still would have been funny to see Rob Gronkowski win the twenty four seven championship. <laughs> Otis just took on. Dolph Ziggler. Now, 
It was interesting to see Sonya Deville be on Dolph Ziggler's side, which, I guess for the storyline, it made sense, but... Interesting plot twist. Mandy Rose comes out to help Otis, distracts Dolph Ziggler. Mandy Rose pumbles Sonya Deville, her former best friend. And it was interesting. Very interesting to see the distraction help Otis. Otis gets the pin, beats Dolph Ziggler, and a very intimate moment between Otis and Mandy Rose that was long in the making. They finally have that magical kiss. <laughs> so, I don't know what this means going forward for the writers at Fox, but hey, a win's a win for heavy machinery overall. <laughs> Edge versus Randy Orton. Last man standing match was completely epic. This is an interesting match because obviously all the hype was started from January when Edge came back in the Royal Rumble in Houston. Then I know what happened the next night after. And, you know, it wasn't all the buildup. All the buildup went up to this moment. It was excellent. Randy Orton comes out as a cameraman to start the match. The two men go crazy on each other. They go in the backstage area, all over the performance center. And the way the match ends, they I, I don't know what happened. Randy Orton and Edge are on a pickup truck. And then they go on this uh, track, the trailer that has NXT equipment that goes to Falsion University for NXT, of course. And... Edge was the last man standing because he was able to get the upper hand on Randy Orton, spears Orton, then puts Orton in a submission move. And Orton does hit the RKO before that, the submission. Edge gets submission. He makes... Yeah, he makes... So Edge makes Randy Orton submit. Edge then hits Randy Orton with a chair. Last man standing was Ra was not Randy Orton, but was Edge. And lived up to all the hype. That was an excellent match. Sold for the best night of the match. Now, honestly, last night was a little bit dull for the beginning part because nothing really interesting happened until we got to the Undertaker-AJ Styles match. But so far, this match has stolen the show. This comes close to last night with the Undertaker and AJ Styles match. Okay, folks, uh, I got to talk to you about two things that just happened. So, uh, interesting ending to the Raw Tag Team Championship match. We had Street Profits taking on Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Angelo went up the top rope. Dived on to Austin. One, two, three. Street Profits is still your Raw Tag Team Champions. However, Selena Vega was being the holy you-know-what of the Street Profits. Out of nowhere, Q Bianca Belair comes out and helps the Street Profits. After Selena Vega was attacking Angelo Amantes. So that was an excellent way to end that part. And... 
Who knows? Maybe they are setting up an angle in the future where Bianca Belair does face Selena Vega. And maybe Bianca Belair does stay on the Raw brand permanently. I'd like to see that happen. But um, apparently, Titus O'Neil came out with the oh, 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 and made an announcement that Rob Gronkowski has won the 24-7 championship. So we'll have to see where this goes for the rest of the show, I guess. Fatal five-way match for the SmackDown Women's Championship barely retains. I'm just going to fast forward to the important parts. So Lacey Evans was able to pin Sasha Banks. Bailey was able to finish off Lacey Evans. And therefore, Bailey is still your SmackDown Women's Champion. Folks, I am so relieved that Bray Wyatt got his revenge against John Cena. And... For a Firefly Funhouse match, there was some interesting interesting background on how they were able to make a couple parodies of WCW Monday Night Nitro, Saturday Night Main Event from the 90s, and I mean, honestly, I'm glad they went with this idea. And uh, I'm going to pause this thing for a second here. How in the world are they promoting money in the bank for May 10th when clearly the Performance Center is not going to be reopened for a month? That's another rant for another time I don't want to get into tonight. But um, I will say this right now. In the long run, they got to keep pushing the fiend. They got to keep pushing him. And I will mention... um, some of my, my colleague in the uh, OWN page on Facebook, Jimmy Faluka, I, I've agreed with him on this point for a while. Is that if you're going to keep pushing the fiend, you got to make the character look believable. And tonight, I will say this for the record the character 100% to me is somebody who you don't want to wanna mess with. They had this whole John Cena montage of him making his debut. Where's the ruthless aggression, John Cena? Where's that night you had against Kurt Angle in 2002? Where's Thug Life? Uh, What else was there? Right. There was like one part where they were booing Cena. All the moments that Cena got booed over the years. And listen, you know, the one thing I was saying out loud and I had a little outburst to myself was, of course we're going to riot if if Bray loses. You know? It's like, go back to 2006 at ECW One Night Stand. Or Rob Van Dam won at, at Hammerstein. Which, to this day, I'm that 10-year-old kid that uh, regretted never going to the Hammerstein that night. In person to see that match. Because I really wanted to see Rob Van Dam win. Because, hello, we were getting tired of seeing his antics Way back in 06. And, you know, at the same time, look at it this way. This is the way they wanted it. Fox again. I don't know what it is. It seems that 
Is somebody at Fox overpowering Vince McMahon to say, look, we have to be realistic here in the long run. Our, we're going to lose viewers if John Cena, a part-time wrestler, was going to beat The Fiend. And yeah, there was Bray Wyatt in that uh, red sh- sweatshirt, but still. Keep building up The Fiend. You got to give him another push again because eventually you could see a Roman Reigns versus Fiend match down the line. I think that's what they're aiming for down the line potentially. I could see it happening where I'm sorry, you're going to have to bury Roman Reigns eventually. It's only a matter of time when you do that. But I like the way they filmed everything. They actually had Cena go in the actual Firefly Funhouse, so that was interesting enough. So, honestly, no, I don't feel bad for John Cena. And for John Cena, all I'm going to say is stay in Hollywood. Don't go back to WWE. Leave us alone. Become another Dwayne Johnson and just go to Hollywood. But for The Fiend, excellent. Excellent to put the mind games. And I'll say one last thing before I end this part is that they actually bought back the um, Wyatt family compound. Obviously, the previous character when Wyatt made his debut, of course. And they even bought, he even brought up, he's got the whole world in his hands. I remember that. Trust me. So my memory of Bray Wyatt still continues. So, Fox, if you're listening, make sure you're listening to us. Because we want more of The Fiend on Friday nights. Our main event of the second night for the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar taking on Drew McIntyre. Very interesting how they had back and forth between Lesnar and McIntyre. If I'm counting it correctly, they said that uh, Lesnar F5'd McIntyre, count him five times, and McIntyre was able to hit Lesnar with four Claymore kicks. You do the math. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, I'm just at a loss of words, <laughs> but... Fourth Claymore and Drew McIntyre is your new WWE champion. And I'm really hoping, I really hope Vince McMahon's realizing this in the long run. You have to have a champion on your major three-hour show that, yes, I understand it's on cable. I get USA it's a major network. You can get it on any basic cable plan. But it's a three-hour show. When spectators are allowed to reconvene large-capacity crowds, that day will come again. The fans are going to be restless if Lesnar Lesnar had run. You know how many restless fans there would be? There'd be so many restless fans... Why is Brock still champion? This isn't the 2010s. Enough already. Stop making us go back to the glory days. Bottom line is McIntyre had the win. Because 
They kept promoting him. Drew McIntyre is the next big thing. He has to win now. And he did. He did. So I'm very excited to see what the future holds for Drew McIntyre as WWE champion. And I'll say this again. With Florida, it's a whole different story because you have the whole state on lockdown. All non-essential people are not allowed to work right now because of our current world. So I'm telling you right now, folks, this is the last WWE video or production we're getting for a very long time. Because unless, what, maybe they tape the raw after? I mean, how many shows does WWE even have right now to fill the void? I'm still wondering when they don't have anything else to air on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. What is their plan? Do they have a plan until the stay-at-home order is lifted in Florida and they can maybe look into reopening the Performance Center? Are they really realistic that they're going to have money in the bank on May 10th? Let alone, I understand money in the bank was supposed to get canceled in Baltimore. So that's where it was supposed to be taking place. But what is their plan? I I just don't know. So that's going to wrap up this second episode of the Random Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Andy Pollock. You can follow me on social media at Andy's Randomness, at Andy's Randomness, Twitter and Instagram. Search for me on YouTube, Andy's Randomness. I have a thousand subs. Search for me on Facebook. I'm Andy's Randomness. Just created a TikTok, Andy's Randomness, 718-410. Add me on the PlayStation Network, Andrew Sports Fan. To the next one, please take care.